This is Y-Tune Shuffle. Y-Tune Shuffle, it's the music that informs our lives. The rules here are that there are no rules other than just bring in your music, mm. hit play. And then we get to pick your brain about why those songs. Welcome to Y-Tune Shuffle, a celebration of the music that inspires our lives. With your host, comedian and radio personality Maggie Mayfield, and Hollywood's secret weapon, David Earl Waterman. It's Y Tune hey. Shuffle. Maggie Mayfield, your host with you. David Earl Waterman, aka Hollywood's secret weapon. You'll find out why we call him that shortly. And our guest today, I'm so excited to introduce to you one of my favorite comedians in the Los Angeles scene who also happens to be a business owner. She runs a company called Highly Crafty, and I can't wait to find out more about why you call that. But they, you deserve Design, like purses and accessories and jewelry and cards um, all up on on Etsy. Is it solely yeah. Etsy? Yes. We are welcoming today Miss Angie Stocker. Hi, yay! I'll give myself a round of applause. Well, that's our I'll job. Yes. I will join you. <laughs> um, it is so cool to, I'm so excited to get to know you a little bit better because I really just know you through comedy and you're very funny. But as we all know, jokes are truth. <laughs> it is the I truth. Just go up there and tell stories, you know. <laughs> um, so tell me a little bit about this this business that you run. How did this get started for you? Highly crafty. Uh, so yeah, I just I have had a, another Etsy shop, um, and it was just like, oh, I make things here, buy them, um, and then. I started a YouTube channel where I would get high with comedians and do a craft project called Highly Crafty. Um, Yeah. And so from that, I was like, oh, all of this stuff that I make and have been making, maybe I should try to sell it. And, and, you know, then quarantine happened and it was like, yeah, let's let's start this. Let's like make this a business. (laughs) That's amazing. Some of the best businesses have started because of worldwide thing you know what i mean so like when the economic uh, downturn happened in 2008 2009, that's where pinterest came from that's where it really yeah and that's where that's where uber started was through that isn't that crazy oh that yeah. yeah i'm gonna be up there someday i'm working yeah. on it yeah <laughs> gotta put your so the podcast is is that still going on or it uh... is i'm doing it by myself now it's just me uh mm-hmm. getting high and doing crafts but you know <laughs> What is, how did you, how, cause I, I smoked a lot of weed in my day and I had had some very creative moments and I've, I've also had totally like freaked out paranoid moments because I, I never smoked weed when it was legal. So yeah. what, what, what's the best strain of weed to, that enhances your creative juices? So I have found, because when I started Highly Crafty, I was just whatever weed indica all the time. Like I didn't necessarily care but -hmm. then people who would come on the show I would ask them what they prefer and they would say sativa because it really gets you know it's more like in your head it gets your juices flowing it kind of amps you up makes you want to like do stuff um Mm -hmm. so I have found that sativa is really good because then I'm not so like hi (laughs) I'm like oh I'm high okay cool what are we gonna do (laughs) yeah so sativa I'll with the sativa and that that see is the, the one of the best parts of legalization is now one knows what one is getting into. Oh, you can yeah. really benefit because when you're just buying it off the street, it's like, well, that smells good and it's nice and sticky. But you, I didn't you know, know what I would be getting. Yeah, into. 
No, I remember having dealers be like, oh, this is like a heady blah, blah, blah mix. Of, and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, just <laughs> give me weed that's good. You know, like, I'm, I'm 19. Just give me weed that will get me high. Like, I don't care. That's but right. now I can be like, ooh, I need, yeah. <laughs> you know. I could go down to the percentage. I'm like, I need something over 20% THC with plenty of terpenes. You know, like, it's crazy. So much better. Now, can you explain the difference between sativa and indica? Because I am I like that stuff, but I'm like your 19-year-old self. Like, just give me the stuff that's going to make me feel good. <laughs> you know? So a lot of people say uh, indica, like to remember indica, indica couch, because you just <laughs> get very, it's a very like melt, your whole body kind of mellows. You just want to sit. Yeah. And you, you know, you will get giggly and kind of maybe a little, but for the most part, you'll just be like, whoa. like crisis what's happening you know but I don't get paranoid so it's hard for me to a lot of people are like oh I get so paranoid if I smoke too much and I'm like that's not a thing for me like if I smoke too much I pass out I don't know (laughs) so it's hard you know like a lot of times people are like what should I do and I'm like uh (laughs) start small I guess right what do you you think about edibles that seems to be kind of the new Uh, they're my jam. Okay. I love them. Yeah. Do you have a fit? I, it's tricky for me because my tolerance is so high, but um, I do have a couple of brands like Kana and Cushy Punch that I know, and Chibachu, like those three brands, I know that they will like work for me because sometimes it's iffy. It's like, did someone make this in their kitchen? Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, you just you, you, already out of the gate. I'm really connecting with you because you 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 inadvertently have mentioned two lyrics to two of my favorite bands, Run DMC and Beastie Boys. Like she's crafty <laughs> and it's tricky. And so yeah, I'm, I love that. I'm just like knowing you through those two songs right now. Like she's crafty. <laughs> she gets around. She's crafty. Yo, she's always down. And then of course, trick <laughs> me. Yeah. So, oh, wow. Welcome to the show. Yes. Yes. Tell us about the first time that you got on stage or what made you decide to start doing comedy? Um, I was actually in, I went to a film and television school in New York and they, the teachers, it was hilarious. They called them electives, but the (laughs) teachers picked them for you. So like there was like, I don't know, 10 or something of these classes that they thought would help you in your career. And for me, they picked stand up. Um, and so I did it. I got to perform the comedy cellar twice. Like I got to meet Colin Quinn. He was friends with my mentor, like with my teacher, Rick, uh, Rich Chrome, who's really awesome. Um, but yeah, like I, I did it in New York twice and then moved to Chicago, did, you know, like did all these things and then came back to, came, I was in LA and I was like, I'll try it again. And it just stuck this time, you know? I I just really, I love it. I'm an attention whore. So I'm like, yes, everyone pay attention to me, please. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> it's right up my alley. That's amazing. And you, you have two kids now. I do, yeah. What's it like balancing your art and creativity with having, I mean, because they're young. I mean, they're under the age of five, yeah. if I yeah they're they're little they're they're all up in shit um (laughs) but i think that for me um luckily i get to be a stay-at-home mom so i 
I focus, you know, like when, when I'm momming, it's like, okay, we're momming, we're doing this, let's go. And then as soon as dad gets off work, I'm like, okay, I have crafts I want to do. Like, I have things I'm going to, you know, and I just, I'm a night owl, so I stay up super, like, I was up until two o'clock last night. You know, like, I just, I can stay up so late once I get going on things. So I think that's how, too, I get a lot of stuff done is I'm just like, everyone is asleep. No one can bother me. Let's do this. You know, like, let's get it done. Yeah. And I loved watching you, too, because you would do stand up while you were pregnant. Oh yeah, you were like, oh, wow. I, I know she. You were cooler. You were cooler than what? What's her name? Uh, mm-hmm. I can picture her. The glasses. Wong, oh. Ali Wong, Ali Wong. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. <laughs> I, well, it's funny because when I was pregnant doing stand up, I was like, I'm doing this, and I do not have a Netflix special. I would like everyone to know that I'm not getting paid for this. I'm just <laughs> pregnant. Yeah, so you know. All those Netflix pregos can sit down. Right. <laughs> Stop it, Amy Schumer. Although I found her special. T- I don't know if you watched it while she was pregnant, but I was like, this is her best one. Like, I haven't seen I saw. Wait. Yes, I did see that one. I did like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I thought yeah. that was her best one. Um, born and raised in. Illinois. You were? Yeah. Springfield, uh-huh. Illinois. No way. Yeah. <laughs> I lived in Champaign-Urbana for like seven years. Oh, That's okay. crazy. Yeah. What? No, that explains Chicago, like why you were there for a little yeah, while. And so. I lived, yeah, and I lived there for a little while. So that was before I moved here, actually, for five years. I lived in Chicago before we moved to L.A. And so. then what was the jump to L.A.? Like, why? What were you like? I'm going- I, so like, I just didn't want to live in Chicago forever. I met my now husband there and, you know, he had been living there. He had never really lived anywhere else. And I was just kind of like, I don't want to stay here. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) And his job had an opening in LA. So I was like, we'll try LA, you know, like I didn't think I would like it here. I was pretty convinced that I would want to move to San Francisco or somewhere more along the lines of New York, you know, something Mm -hmm. more metropolitan. But I mean, I've, I'm like, yeah, why would I ever leave? <laughs> now that we're here, I'm like, this is great. Yeah. When you first moved to L.A., do you have like a holy shit, I'm in L.A. story? Like, I just remember trying to like getting on La Cienega and ending up like at the beach thinking I'm going in one direction to another. <laughs> like for, uh, for myself, and I've talked to a lot of people, it's like going to a different country, Los Angeles. Was that hard for you, the, the move? I mean, it it wasn't for me because I think I had lived in... New York, then Chicago, and then came here. And so I think after navigating those two cities for so many years, it was like coming here was just like, oh, you don't you don't use public transportation then. Okay, cool. You know, because people look at me like I was an alien. Like I would show up at like book club and they'd be like, oh, where'd you park? And I'm like, I took the bus. And they're like, there's buses? Like, I had a friend, we were taking an Italian class together, and she rode the bus home with me, and she was just like, what? Oh, my God. And, of course, there was, like, a homeless man fight when she rode the bus with me. But I was like, this does not always happen. (laughs) You know, it was was on par with all the other cities I had lived in. You know, it was kind of like, okay, you guys just rely on cars a little bit more than... 
than the other places I'm used to. <laughs> and I just had another question too, because uh, Colin Quinn is a, a, a former associate. And I kind of, when I got started, he was like starting out at MTV and stuff like that. The Cellar is such a great comedy club. And oh. Yeah, I'm sure you met a lot of people and maybe we crossed paths with some some, some of the same people. I was just honored to have been able to perform there. Like I didn't even realize at the time how big of a deal it was. Big deal. And honestly, I didn't until recently. Like I posted a picture. I was like, oh, the first time of me doing stand-up. Mm -hmm. And somebody was like, that was the first place you did stand-up? Like, <laughs> I was like, uh what like it's hard um but i was like i didn't realize that it was such a big you know like such a big thing but because my stand-up teacher was like a regular there he got us our show there you know like that was where we got to do our show so it was just like this did awesome you, did you up. know that like jerry seinfeld and chris rock were regulars and could be in the dark as you're performing you weren't even aware of that i wonder if that no i was just like oh this little because like i i was fairly new to New York and this was my first shot at stand-up really you know like I had watched Comic View on BET but like to me it was like this little place like this little old dingy place is where everybody want to be you know like, <laughs> yeah. I just didn't get it I was just like but then you know now that I'm in comedy more it's like the dingy tiny little places are where everyone wanted to be like cool yeah well, here we go. So I'm so excited to get to know you better through your music. So you brought five songs with you today, and I have researched all of them. So um, drop the nugget on me anytime, David Earl Waterman. But here we go. Angie, this is your song number one. mouthing the words angie it's so great i can't help it i have to <laughs> from the musical hairspray it's called good morning baltimore why did you pick this song why did you bring it to white shuffle for so many reasons because like it really to me kind of describes my childhood up to like teenage years kind of this like i have this rosy like happy kind of idea but then there's also this dirty underbelly kind of, you know, because in the song she talks about like, oh, the bum on his barroom stool wishes me luck on my way to school. You know, like I, the, everyone thinks I'm fat, but like, I don't care because I know that I'm awesome. You know, just that feeling of like, I may not quite fit in or quite be what everyone else thinks is the shit, but like, oh my God, do I think I am? And like, you know, like my life isn't perfect, but like, I, you know, it's perfect for me kind of vibe. I just love the whole positivity and it just makes me want to dance. And yeah, I just love that about it. That it's like this rosy picture of maybe a not so rosy necessarily, you know, like it's not all kittens and rainbows, but you know, you can make it that way in your mind. <laughs> and you, you feel like this identifies with you as a young person. Like I do. Yeah. Like, that is because amazing. I, because I was just in, like, growing up in Springfield, I just felt bigger than Springfield. Like, I was convinced that my family was French and living in <laughs> Paris, and I somehow got adopted by this Midwestern family. Like, whatever, we'll write it out, you know? Like, which is even funnier if you see pictures of, like, me and my dad and my brother. You're like, um, that's obviously your family. <laughs> uh -huh. But... 
to me, you know, I was just so much bigger than Springfield. And so I, you know, like I remember too, like just the outfits that I would wear, people would be, you know, like one time I had on pleather pants and it was just like, why are you wearing pleather pants to school? You're 12, like, what are you doing? You know, and it was just like, that's, I have style, I have flair. I'm, you don't need to understand me, but I I'm do. <laughs> I've, I've arrived. Thank yes, you. Yes, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. So that that's why I think it really describes me when I was younger because I was just very much like, I, you know, like it, there's there's this, there's that, like this person died, that was sad, but it's, you know, like overall life, my life was, you know, pretty good and I felt really good about it. <laughs> so, yeah. I envied that kind of confidence. That's, a, that's really amazing, actually, and quite special. Well, I mean, yeah, and there is, I mean, I've always been, like, self-conscious about things. Like, I have really bad eczema, so my skin is, like, a big issue for me. But overall, I'm just, like, what can you do about it? Like, at some point, you just have to, like, yeah, you know, (laughs) like, you can control what you can control. And otherwise, it's like, well, fuck it. I just am not going to worry about that because. Your parents (laughs) must be pretty awesome people. For you to think like you're kind of like the cool aunt always, you know what I mean? Like, like the cool aunt that that everyone wants to hang out with, you know what I mean? Like, what did, what did your parents do? Are you close with them still? I do. Well, my mom passed away like 12 years ago, um, but we, you know, we were pretty close. Like we talked a lot and um, she was very, everyone says I'm like her, but very unique and kind of quirky and very crafty and all of that, you know, just like her own kind of person marched to the beat of her own drum. Um, and so I think that's why I felt comfortable doing it. And my dad was always very like supportive and he, he wanted us to kind of follow a more traditional like path, but I'm like, I'm an artist, you know, like I remember being like eight years old and fake fainting and being like, why is no one coming to my aid? Oh, I am so, you know. I love that. It was just like, I'm an artist. That's how it is. But he's, you know, it's like he came around and supported that and was, you know, so I feel like I had support to be able to come into my own and be who I, who I wanted to be needed to become. Yeah. Um, now that you have two young, are they both boys or you have a boy and a girl? I have a boy and a girl. Yeah. What's it like being a mom to two? Do you see these personalities starting to come out in them? Like, oh, you are very the, like. Yeah, it's weird. It's 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 cool because I'm like, whoa, you're like people, and I made you <laughs> like, like, and you know, like my like my daughter is hilarious and like really like scrappy. And, like, I, it's so crazy to see that versus, like, Kaden is kind of just, like, oh, whatever, like, he's so friendly, and she's just, ah, 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 no, ah, ah. like, just so many things, but it's, like, okay, so you guys are very different, you have your own thing, you, you know, but it's cool, it's, like, I did, like, I, I made people like I made people in my body. It's the coolest thing fucking ever. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> do they um do they share? Do you still do a lot of musical theater stuff? Do you still listen to a lot of musical theater at home? I do. I mean, I love me some. I have usually I'm by myself because everyone around me is like, no, I don't want to listen to this. But 
like I try to get the kids to listen to like more Disney, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm trying to slowly get them in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Hamilton, they know Hamilton. Cool. Cause I was like, it's rap. And Caden was like, I like rap. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is rap. Like, sure. <laughs> Were you into musical theater in elementary school? I was a little, I think growing up, like I did when I was up until like, I want to say second or third grade. And then I just wanted to be cool. So I did a lot of gymnastics and cheerleading. Like I'm more, my focus switched because I was like, this is what the cool people do. So I'm gonna go, go here. I asked because you know, your your list and everything in the musical theater part, because I was, and I, my first influence was West Side Story. You know, my dad, oh. a high school teacher and he, he performed in West Side Story. And I'll never forget, I was listening, your story about people saying, no, I don't want to listen to that. I was listening to the prologue in West Side Story at, at school in like the, the resource room. And I remember a friend of mine came up and said, is that the Charlie Brown theme? Because no one else had really heard orchestrated music except for like a Charlie Brown Christmas. <laughs> and so they're hearing West Side Story, but that's the most they could compare it to. I've never forgotten about that moment. I was such a weirdo when it came to that. <laughs> but I, I can so relate to how you you lived. You you knew you had it good when you were young. And there's such an amazing gift to that. Like I did too. It was Things were shitty and rough, but I knew I had it good. That's a gift. That's exactly that's the thing it's like i know how it could be and this you know and so and too i think that's why i love theater and musicals and performing because it's just this whole world of like oh you know just a song in your heart and you know like can make you happier it can get the sadness out like yes i love it i love it that is really great all right here we go this is your song number two you got your free so hard Miranda Lambert only prettier your song number two why Angie Stalker why is that on your list (laughs) um so I was like a little bit of a party girl like I liked going out we would drink do all you know and I had a, a good little group of friends and that was kind of the vibe was like yeah we're like you except we're better you know like it was that's just how I felt about my friends and I think too like I I just like country music kind of emerged in my teen like I think Dixie Chicks Wide Open Spaces was like the first country song where I was like I might like country hold on (laughs) and then I started to discover all these other artists and like when Miranda Lambert came around it was just like oh see I, I you know like I identified with that it was just like a little piece of me like when I, I went to school in South Carolina for a year, you know, so I'm like, there's that little, I have family in Charleston. So I was like, I want to be close to them. And there's that little Southerner in me. And I just, I don't know. I would just, that song, it, I just love that she drinks and she smokes and she's like, you know, whatever. And I just felt like that was kind of me. It was just like, yeah, I might fuck it up, but whatever. Like I'm trying, you know, <laughs> like we're still cool. <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah. I like that. I like her vibe. I love, I just freaking love that song. Like, we're just like you, only prettier. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's amazing. I've seen Miranda Lambert twice now in concert, and she's one of my favorite artists to play guitar to. I just, yeah, she's a lot of fun. She's, awesome. she's a lot of fun. She's so like that. I love the lyric in there where it's like, uh, I swear like a sailor and you talk more like a Hallmark card. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Smells like a sailor and yours is more like a Hallmark card. That was another thing where it's just like, I and I feel like too, when I became a mom and I was like searching for mom friends, this song really came back up because I would be like, oh my God, I just need to like hit a bowl. And they would just be like, oh. <gasps> Oh, <laughs> marijuana! Oh, you know, and it's just like, bitch, calm down. You were just guzzling wine out of your fucking like. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, for me, there was a lot of that like, or you know, there were just moms where I would be like, oh, like, oh my god, he was getting on my nerves, and they're like, oh, I would never talk about my child like that. And it's like, okay, well, we're fucking different then. You know, <laughs> like, he got on my nerves. They can do that shit. Like, so I think that this song really brought more up because it was like okay we're just different like you know you're just not my kind of people which is fine mm-hmm. i will find my people and we'll be are, pretty are you still con- <laughs> are you still connected to your crew in uh in springfield that group i thing? mean i i had talked to two of them pretty regularly oh, and cool. then the other ones it's like basically like a couple of them stayed in springfield and mm-hmm. those are the ones that i don't really talk to as much mm-hmm. um which, you know, I just, I. You outgrew it. Yeah. I just have a problem, I think, too. I'm not good at, like, I think my friends are capable of so much. They have all this potential. And generally, I'm like, I, I see so much more for you. And if you're not, if you're just like, whatever, <clears throat> it's hard for me, you know? So I just, I think that that's a lot of it, too, is why for a lot of people in my hometown or people who haven't really gone anywhere, I where it's like we were really close but it's like okay well if you're just clinging to that i'm gonna leave you there because i'm yeah. keeping it moving you know like i'm gonna keep going so have you yeah. ever had- i mean i have a couple of people but i still you know i, I always have i always find some people you know and i just gotta have a little, keep, little keep, crew. Keep, keep, yeah keep yeah just this is good now this is good now this is good one one of my besties still is in springfield and she's amazing because she is just always doing something you know like she's always doing something trying to do this do that getting here getting there working on something so it's like if you're not just like i just i i don't have time for people who are just doing nothing and like won't working grow, for won't grow. yeah thing, you know where it's just like if all you're doing is hanging out until you can like sit around and drink a beer on saturday and sunday then we don't have anything in common because i've got like a million things that i would like to accomplish we'll try to accomplish well you know like I just yeah. got a lot, got a lot. Yeah. Have you ever had the experience where you, you know, reconnect with someone from your past and they remember you as yourself in the past and you're like, well, I'm a totally different person now. <laughs> like, like, it's still you, but you're like, um, I don't, I don't do that anymore. I'm not that way. Like, I think, I don't think I have, but I think too, it's just because of how much I've been very, what's that called? like transient almost like I turned 18 and left Springfield and I went to Charleston, South Carolina. I went to Oklahoma city. I did Carbondale, Illinois. I did New York. I did Chicago. LA. you know, so it was just like from the time I was 18 until I was, we moved here when I was like 29, I was just constantly moving places going here and there. And so every once in a while, there's a couple of people 
who I picked up along the way where it was like, oh, we just had this connection. We kind of still talk. But yeah. for the most part, it's like, okay, I guess. All right. <laughs> like, yeah. that's cool. You know, like, You're an I like putting effort into friendships, but only if I'm getting it back. Because yeah. I'm one of those where it's like, oh, let me send you a cute little card, handmade, <laughs> you know, just some, like, I do that kind of shit. And it's like, I'm not going to do that if you're, you know. Mm-hmm can't even text me (laughs) what's the nugget nugget on this song miranda lambert sat down with uh natalie hemby who writes a lot of miranda songs but they sat down and wrote this along with three other songs in the span of like two hours and miranda said she loves it because it talks about like the cattiness in high school and the mean girl spirit um but the video i don't know if you've seen the music video for this but it features some of her country music friends like kelly pickler is in it laura bell bundy and hillary scott from lady a so yeah i thought that was neat i was like yeah your friends should be involved in your projects you know they should be right i thought so i thought i think that's what i like about it is that it does it touches on all that stuff that it's supposed to make you feel bad about yourself or, you know, like all that people want you to feel bad about yourself, but you're like, I think that it takes that. And it's like, I don't care. (laughs) I think I'm awesome. And so do these chicks. So, (laughs) you know, like, that's what I love. God, you'd be such a great mentor. (laughs) So great. All right, Angie, this is your song number three. 525,600 minutes. How do you measure a year in the life of a love? Okay, Rent Head. <laughs> love that. Seasons of Love from the musical Rent, your song number three. Oh, good. Yeah. Talk about this song. What does it make you think of? Um, so for me, Rent was like I when I moved to New York, I started film school and was kind of, you know, hanging out with other people who liked theater. Like it I just remember one day I like went and like me and this guy went and saw like he was just a friend. We just went and saw a musical and then went back to my apartment and like belted out rent songs and like other Broadway show tunes together. Just like it was crazy to me because I never had people around me who were into it or who ever, you know, like actually wanted to see these things and sing and do all this stuff. And so it was just so cool to me. And a lot of that was kind of based around rent. And that's how I really started to love it. And it like when my mom passed away, I was living in New York and it was towards, I think, the end of my first year of school. And I was just like rent was my thing you know like I would just put rent on and just cry look at pictures do whatever I needed to do but something about just singing like all these like so emotionally charged and like heavy songs just really oh it's just so therapeutic I feel like like it's just and that song it's just like belting out seasons of love like how do you measure oh god it's just yeah so it had to be on there (laughs) (laughs) oh very cool for me, Rent, um, we were very, God, my whole family loves like musical theater and we would watch Sound of Music in Oklahoma and I, the, so many of them, music was very important to my family growing up. But for me, Rent was like the first one that I discovered on my own. This At this point in life, my parents had divorced and my sister 
started going down the darker path and she started discovering like hard metal and goth and so she was super into corn and like didn't get rent you know so like here's this like rent head in one room and this like corn you know personality in another like it was very weird for a while and then in high school when we moved to southern california everyone in the theater department loved rent also and so it was so cool to be able to like work on a project and like build these sets and like everyone was singing them and I had the same experience like after um I lived in New York for a little while um and I went to this party with with a friend of mine who who I think wanted to date me but we we went to this party and it didn't turn out to be really fun so we wound up sitting in the car listening to the rent soundtrack belting out he was all the guys and I got to be all the girls like it was amazing like I feel like we're the same right now Angie like I'm like so not, like yeah. I had a gay bestie in Springfield mm-hmm. and he would pick me up and we would smoke weed and cruise around the country and just listen to like show tunes and mm-hmm. sing and I'm like mm-hmm. yes Yes, like this is, this is what I need. Yeah, yeah. And it's nice to hear that like those experiences aren't unique. You know what I mean? Like you're not the only one that wants to like road trip and sing all of Rodgers and Hammerstein's collection. (laughs) You know, it's nice to know that uh, there are others that like to do that too. I think there's like a web series you know cultivating out of this conversation <laughs> comedians and cars singing show tunes you know <laughs> she's like i'm here for it any any yeah. connection with you on this one david for uh just going around show tunes and and, and i never seen ren i never saw it you know uh-huh. i know i know the history of it and the gentleman you know died who wrote it but it it definitely was one that that I was out there doing other things when rent came around. So I think my take that would be a great time to, to watch rent. I'm not doing much of anything else. I'm staying home. So that's my takeaway. I mean, the emotions and that friend that you cruise around with and have that special moment with, that's why tune shuffle. Mm-hmm. That's why the tune shuffle. That's what keeps <laughs> it going. And I wasn't familiar. I was familiar with it because um, I'd heard that song a couple of times. And I, it occurred to me like, you know, I, I'm so grateful that I like to dance because that's how I meet music and that's how I talk with music. When I dance, I'm having a conversation with it. And I was hearing those lyrics from it. And, and when my body's moving, it's like it talk back to me. And it was definitely touching, you know, to hear it. So I have something on my to-do list. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> Do you have like a dream role that you'd like to play in theater? Oh, gosh. I mean, okay, so it was Mimi and Rent. Mm-hmm. Like, that was, I was just like, that's that's my role. Um, I don't know that I could hit all the notes. Who cares? Exactly. That is my role. <laughs> <laughs> I, but now, I mean, after seeing Hamilton, I'm like, ugh, I kind of want to play Angelica mm-hmm. Skyler because she is just, oh, there's so much i just love it so i don't know i mean those are the two that pop into my head immediately yeah 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 even just to be like in the chorus of rent would be pretty phenomenal i the first time i saw it was through a lottery because they have like lotteries in new york for broadway yep and the first time i saw i won a lottery ticket and so i was in i believe the second row like right in the center and so of (laughs) course it just i it took i was just like (laughs) 
wrecked. And then after the show, I'm on the subway with one of the actors who happened to be on One Life to Live, which of course I watch all the soap operas at this time. So I was just like, yeah, this is heaven. Like New York City is my heaven right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So I think that's another reason why I connected so deep, you know, like it just mm-hmm. really ingrained it in me after like seeing it and being so close and then having that experience and being like, oh my God, he was just in rent. And he's on One Life to Live. Oh my goodness, this is life. <laughs> I'm curious, actually, now to think about um, what the nugget would be for this. How would you find a nugget on a on a show tune? Um, well, let I me. Mean, t- Brent would probably be the easiest show tune to find a nugget on because it was yeah. so yeah. crossed with his life. Um, I the nugget I found. Jonathan Larson obviously wrote the lyrics and composed the music for this, but he wrote it to be performed at Angel's funeral. Jonathan passed away the night before they were supposed to preview the opening of the show and the cast wound up singing it at the beginning of the night to pay respects to Jonathan Larson, which like, as I read that, I was like, oh, God. I know. Yeah, that makes sense. It was supposed to be for Angel, but they were like, um, this is for the writer of this amazing special thing. So. Yeah. I'm just now not going to see how awesome it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Well, that brings us to your song number four. California. <laughs> That's so much. Talk to us about Tupac, California Love. This is made your list. How come? Um, so I have always had mad love for Tupac. Um in the Tupac Biggie, I was always always Tupac. Mm. Um, Biggie's cool. His his he's got some good songs, but like if I had to choose, always Tupac. And I think when I like this was always a song that I loved, and it has it's twofold because before I moved to California, I just loved this song. I was on the high school dance team. And we did, we had city tournament, which was like the big deal. And you got to perform, your dance team got like 10 minutes or something instead of your normal seven, five or whatever. So we did a tribute. We did like Tupac Biggie, like half the girls danced to Tupac songs and then half danced to Biggie songs. And we went back and forth. And so I just remember, you know, like I was, I got to choreograph because, you know, like I was doing that. I was on the little choreographing squad and all that and we had this move that we did where we like went down and around and did some stuff but like the whole routine ended up getting written up in the paper and like people were pissed because we were paying tribute to gang violence and like all of these where we were just like uh it is 1998 or 97 something like that it's like these are the two biggest rappers you know like yeah I just remember it being such a thing and like everyone, like one of the girls didn't perform because she just did not feel right about oh us glorifying these rappers and wearing this spandex and we had sequin booty shorts and like, <laughs> it was awesome. Okay. And I loved it. And I just loved, especially that like the whole city was just so <gasps> clutching their pearls about it, you know? And then I moved out here to California and I was just like, I'm never leaving LA. This is my favorite place. Like I've, I've only gone to like Santa Barbara, San Francisco, San Diego, but I'm like, I love those places too. Mm-hmm. California is a shit. I love it. What's I, it? I, I, <laughs> yeah. I will ride or die for California. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Do you remember where you were when you heard the news of Tupac passing or Biggie? I- 
don't. I I think I was a little too young. I feel like I was like 12, 11, something like that. So I don't really remember. Like, I just remember hearing about it, but definitely being in the camp of like, he faked it, oh. you know, because I just loved him so much that I was like, wanted to, be- I was like, yes, I believe what they say. He faked it. He's on some island. And then he came out with the Machiavelli CD. And I was like, yes, obviously you can't come out with a CD and be dead he is alive somewhere, you know, like I was very much like, oh, I love to, you know, and I think, I, I think too, just my dad introduced us to rap and like, so my mom was not having it. So it would be like, my parents divorced when I was like nine or 10 Mm -hmm. and it would be like, we're going to dad's like in the car. We'd be like, oh, it's me rolling, you know, like, that's another thing. It was this connection too. It was like just rolling my dad's caddy, being like, "What all I do?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's another reason Tupac just holds a special, little special what? place in my heart. <laughs> There's that that is really important that drive between like mom and dad's you know what I mean. Dad comes to pick you up, and like my dad yeah. had like a a pickup truck, and so every other time one of us got to sit in the middle and like shift for my dad in his truck but he had like the tape player and then you had to like connect it with the cd and then like a big book of cds <laughs> yeah. And so, like, yeah so we would get to like pick the cd you know and that was that was like connecting with dad time you know and he always thought you had to work really hard and like take us bowling or like miniature golfing but we were like no let's just drive around and listen to music you know like we want to hear dad's music you know but no, I think yeah. that time That's what important. we would always go to my dad's and he would like make dinner. He would let us, we'd go to the grocery store and let us rent a movie. Yes. That was the thing we used to do. We would rent a movie and then we'd go to his house. He'd make dinner. We'd watch a movie. You know, it was perfect. It was just like, I'd get to listen to my rap. I'd get to eat all my dad's good grilled. Like he's <laughs> from Charleston, South Carolina and he likes to cook. So it was like always good food, mm-hmm. you know, like that was, yeah, that was good times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was like a vacation away from home <laughs> every other weekend. <laughs> That's so great. Did you have that experience, David? Yep. Um, we had a point that, like, my mom lived in Syracuse and my New York, and my dad lived in, in Ithaca, New York. And we had that rendezvous point in Cortland, New York. And it's bittersweet. You know, I don't have much family left back in upstate New York, but that rendezvous point is like a Mecca for us, you know, like my sisters and brothers and I, when we talk about it, cause it was a lot of times it was tearful, you know, like mm-hmm. having to say goodbye to the one and go to the other one or whatever, but it, it is an iconic place, that drop off point. Mm-hmm. But mom was all about Captain Crunch and cable TV. And, uh, <laughs> my, I'm from a mixed race household and my stepfather owned uh, Billy's soul shack. And he would introduce us to soul food. And my stepbrothers um, and stepsister would always try to give us, you know, all of this 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 cultural information about, you know, soul food and, and the black lifestyle. And then I'd go get picked up with my dad, who married this, like, super white, you know, debutante who made us use salad forks and the proper thing. And it's just, and my stepbrother and I, um, along those lines, because it took a while for the whole families to both get together, because there's this issue that sometimes comes up called racism that can get in the way. But, you know, once, once, once we move, once we move past that, uh, my stepbrother and I wrote this play called Two Picnics. My stepfather would have a kind of picnic, and my father would have a kind of picnic, and they were both awesome picnics, but they were different, and we we never produced it. 
it was, a, it was a fun experience. <laughs> Divorce can be so enlightening and so rewarding. So yeah, yeah. That's I felt lucky. Like when my parents divorced, it wasn't contentious or bad. Like we didn't even have the custody. Like the I like there wasn't a custody agreement. Same. Like we could call our dad and go whenever we wanted, or like. My stepdad and dad got along really well. Yeah. So it worked out really well that it wasn't like, it was just kind of like, all right, well, I'm going to go to dad's tonight. Maybe I'll stay the night. Maybe I won't. I don't know. Maybe I'll stay all weekend. Who knows? It's not not necessarily a bad thing, you know? I'm the person I am today because of it. And yeah, my parents, they were totally cool with it. It My grandparents, they were the ones that fought. It was like my stepbrother's grandparents and my grandparents, they they were upset at the yeah 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 and i know where i was when tupac uh died oh you remember i do exactly it was a big week because um earlier that i was working at mtv on a show called buzzkill and earlier that yeah yeah this i was a writer on that show and this guy walked into uh mtv it was in that big sort of gray building near Universal Studios, that real tall skyscraper right on the 101 freeway. That's where MTV used to be. And I was on the, on the MTV floor. And that week that he died, this guy walked in just a few days before Tupac died. And he was wearing just a, like a thong bikini. And he was pitching a show. And everybody at MTV was like, this fool has to get out of here, this asshole. Who would ever pitch a show? Who would have the audacity to walk in with just a string bikini? And it was, it was Johnny Knoxville. Oh my god! So I, so I oh saw Johnny Knoxville come into MTV to pitch his show before he was anything, and then three days later, we I saw the music industry, which I was more comedy. But yeah. I saw how the music industry reacted. I was at MTV, and it was a it was a, it was a weird ass day. Very weird, very weird, yeah. sad day. And I love both those guys. Yeah, Biggie had to go a little bit more with Biggie because of the New York thing, and mm-hmm. and just you know how how he you know. Just his words were very were very identifiable for me. Biggie was more I could identify more with him. You know? Yeah, I liked Biggie's voice too. Like I liked mm-hmm. that his voice was like well, both of them, Tupac and Biggie, very distinctive. Like, like I liked that Biggie's voice kind of had that that like fat man, you know, like that little stuffed nose kind of all the time. Yeah. Plus, plus he's 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 a beautiful man who's not pretty. Like Tupac yeah. is. So pretty and so intellectual and so and I love it. I'm That's jealous true. of Tupac. I could hang out with Biggie. I think I think <laughs> Biggie could hang out. I I really do. I really black see. and ugly as ever. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up in New Jersey, and when Biggie passed away, they stopped our homeroom, and we had like a moment of silence. They announced it over the PA. Oh, yeah. oh really? I don't Dang. remember Tupac passing away, but I do remember Biggie. It was a very big deal, at least in our school. In our school. Crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's weird. Nobody in the Midwest cared. They were like, eh, rappers. <laughs> right? Shame um. on them. Shame on them. <laughs> All right, here we go. This is your song number five. What if it's more than I can take? No, I can't think that way because I know that I'm really, really, really going to be okay. Hey. I 
hope this is like a pump up song for you. I love it so hard. Get back up again from the soundtrack Trolls. And you can definitely hear Anna Kendrick 100% in there. She's so cute. Why this song? <laughs> um, so I actually recently discovered this. We li- I listened to the kids Pandora station a lot. And this came on and it totally describes me the last like four or five years. I'm just all positivity. Got to keep it moving cannot think about the negative especially now that i've got kids and i could worry constantly about like are they getting this are they doing that should we do it fuck it they're happy they're healthy we're doing it's good you know and i love that this song is just so like it makes you want to dance like there's no way that you can be in a bad mood and listen to this song because it's just like (laughs) and just the message of like hey i'm gonna get back up again like you can knock me over you can throw anything you want at me I'm going to get back up again. I may have to try this. I may have to try that. I don't know if I can do it, but I'm going to think that I can. And that is how I am like, that's me right now. You know, I'm just like, whatever. Like I, with this whole highly crafty thing, I'm like, I don't know if this will work, if this will make me money, if it will ever get me anything. I don't know if comedy is going to happen or, but I like doing it and I'm happy doing it. So I'm just going to keep pushing and keep moving forward. So that's, this song is like, Ah, oh, so perfect. So perfect for me. Do you know how fearless you are? I don't, I guess. I don't think <laughs> myself as fearless at all. <laughs> well, your kids are so lucky to have you as a mom. You really do come across as someone who's so fearless and like just not afraid to fail at anything. You're so That's confident true. and it's um it's refreshing. It really is refreshing. Yeah. I always knew that I liked you. I just couldn't put my finger on why. But, you know, learning more about you through your songs has really just opened my eyes. Like, you're one of the good ones. Really. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, really. You know, I'm just, I think, too, honestly, when I lost my mom, it made me realize so much of, like, what you do in your life for other people or, like, to maintain some sort of image or to look and it's just like what what for it's exhausting if i'm happy and i feel good then anybody else around me who loves me Mm -hmm. will be happy and feel good you know like Mm -hmm. just that sort of vibe of like and i'm very much like you cannot you know like rupaul says how in the hell you gonna love somebody else you can't love yourself you know like Mm -hmm. you have to you have to love yourself you have to like I don't know. I remember having friends who'd be like, I can't do anything by myself. I don't want to be alone. I'm like, I like myself more than anyone. Like, (laughs) it is not punishment to be by myself. That is for damn sure. So, like, I want that for my kids, too. I want them to feel like, you know, like, no, I'm not perfect. No, I'm not everyone's cup of tea. I'm not the best. But I am a strong person, and I know who I am, and I love myself. And, you know, that matters, and that is going to be worth something. So, Mm. yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not going to be. It is worth something. You are worth yeah. something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Thank you for sharing those songs. I mean, really just yeah. incredible. For, thank you for letting me share those songs. This has been so much fun. Yeah. Well, um, we're not done with you yet. We're going to let David Earl Waterman take over with a little oh, yeah. game we call Band Name or Bar Name. It's time again for the y Shuffle original game show. Is it the name of the bar or is it the name of the band? The way that we play this game is that I am going to give you the name of a local bar, club, and I'm going to give you the name of a local band, 
that might play in this bar. The only trouble is, is I'm not gonna tell you which one is which. You're gonna have to figure out which one is the name of the bar and which one is the name of the band. Our last guest chose Laguna Beach, California to be the area that we're in. So put your okay. mindset into Laguna Beach. Okay, you're in Laguna okay. Beach. And I'm inviting us all to go out to the club montage because tonight Foothill Station is playing out live at the montage. Mm. But I could just as well say to you that we're going to Foothill Station to see Montage. They're playing there. So imagine if I've given you the name of the bar and I've given you the name of the band, but I didn't tell you which one it was. So yeah. what is it? Is the name of the bar Montage or is the band Montage? Or is the name of the bar Foothill Station? Or is the name of the band Foothill Station? You have as much time as you need, go. Uh, I think the bar is Foothill Station. Mm -hmm. That's what I think too. Yeah. You think the bar is Well, if you're in Laguna Beach, California, and you'd like to have a nice bite to eat and a really nice showroom, you might want to check out Montage. Oh. <laughs> and if you're lucky, you'll hear the ripping sounds of 80s revival band Foothill Station playing their 80s line. revival? What does Foothill Station have to do with 80s music? Am I missing a link there? I don't know. Well, they're, <laughs> speaking of links, you can go to www.com, www.foothillstation. Thank you for playing our game. Where are we going next week for our show? Take us any city, any town, anywhere in the world. Um, well, I think I'm going to go with my 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 roots on my father's side and say Charleston, South Carolina. Cool. Never been there. I've been there, but I've never been there for Y Tune Shuffle. So there we go. Cool. Me new one. <laughs> Charleston, South Carolina. I, I have my own office now. I got a new life, so I'm going to put this right up on my board. Next Working. Week. Perfect. Thank you for being. Is it a band name or is it a bar name? <laughs> Angie, thinking very hard, we'd love to hear the experience of your very first concert. Oh, so my first concert, like my very, very first one, Boys to Men and... No! Oh! What? Boys oh, to Men? Okay. So I was thinking it was Boys to Men and Montel Jordan because me and my dad went to that, but that, no, we went at the fair, at the state fair, we saw MC Hammer like <gasps> as a family. I remember we saw and we were like way up in the grandstand way in the back but mc hammer was at the, the illinois state fair i don't remember what year yeah yes i i remember being there with my hammer doll or like my little brother had his hammer doll at the concert like, <laughs> <laughs> too legit too legit to quit hey, hey. Uh, like, hammer I think Hammer was the first one at the Illinois State Fair. Oh my God, that is so good. <laughs> he strikes great. me as a person who loves himself. Hammer time, it's me, it's Hammer. And just, and likable. And he was always on the sideline of football games. And everybody loved MC Hammer for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Hammer had that, Hammer had the lock on that, like energy, that whole like, yeah, he was so hype. Yeah, I was with it, I was with it. <laughs> Your dad took you? Your dad took you? Well, no, so that we went to see, my whole family went to that, but my dad took me to Boys to Men and Montel Jordan. I think it was like 12 or something. So that's why that one pops up as my first. Yeah. But I like, I think when Hammer came, I was maybe like six or seven or something, you know, like it, I, yeah, yeah. I don't remember it as well. I just know that we had a Hammer doll up in the grandstand. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and hilarious. I was going to Hammer. At some point, yeah. there was funnel cake, and I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. there's lots of fair foods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you forgot about that. What about uh, the last live music that you saw? <gasps> oh, Leon Bridges at the Hollywood Bowl. 
it was amazing. I love him. I love his whole like vintage. Like when I first heard his songs, it was like, wait, are these oldies or no, he just recorded this. Okay. Okay. You know, like he's so retro and mm, I love it. Who'd you go with? Uh, my husband. Me and Justin Aww. went. Yeah. A date night. Yeah, it was, and we rode the we rode the bus. We took public transportation to the Hollywood Bowl. That's and, smart. Yeah. Do you know how hard it is to get in and out of the bowl? It's really difficult. That's, yeah, oh, that was, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I don't want to play. I don't want to waste. Yeah, anytime. I love that. So, how do what's your corner of the internet? How do fans keep up with you if they want to talk more music or if they want to learn more about your comedy or your crafts? Yeah, I'm on I'm on Instagram most of the time at highly Angie. Or, um, and then Highly Crafty now has its own Instagram at Get Highly Crafty. And that's where you can find links to the Etsy shop and to the YouTube channel. So you can watch me getting crafty. You can get crafty yourself, you know, you can, all that stuff. So yeah. good. It's really well put together, too. If you haven't seen any episodes, I highly recommend it. So thank you, Angie, so much for your time and your energy. I'll make sure to put links up to all of your social medias and your uh, Etsy shop as well on our website at ytunesshuffle.com, uh, which is where all of our handles are as well, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. David Earl Waterman, thank you for being the best co-host ever, a.k.a. Hollywood's secret weapon. I've been Maggie Mayfield. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.